Hello and welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I am your host, Michelle. Hey, it has been a while since we have spoken. And for that, I offer you my apologies. Uh, I started a new venture, new business. And uh, the business has taken up my time. By the time I try to get down to my office, uh, to do my podcast, I'm dead tired. So, um, life's been a little hectic for me right now. It's, you know, it's slowing down a bit. And, uh, well, check out my, you know, brand new notebooks on, uh, Amazon. And, uh, you know, let's keep my fingers crossed and hope that things turn out okay. How are you, though? I hope things are going well. I really do. I know that the world has been going plumb crazy. But there are signs of life. People are waking up. The truckers, uh, behind the truckers right there. I need, oh, you know, I needed my my uh, my soundboard here because I wanted to put a honk out for the truckers in Canada who are protesting the vaccine mandates. Good for you. I stand with them brothers shoulder to shoulder uh, and people all over the world who have been protesting and uh, you know uh, resisting these vaccine mandates so I'm sure you have heard all the news uh, you know about uh, the vaccine mandates and its effect on people in New York uh, in particular five-year-old was being accosted by police because the five-year-old did not have a a vaccine passport, could not prove that he was vaccinated, so he was not allowed into an Olive Garden. Uh, Most recently, a nine-year-old child was arrested and taken to the police department in handcuffs uh, because she was in the museum of, some museum in New York City, and she did not have a vaccine passport. So she was arrested and taken downtown. Uh, so the world is doing some weird things. I had a I had a show uh, recorded yesterday and I, I didn't really um, I didn't produce it because it I, you know how when you record and it's, a lot of times I don't edit you know Everybody knows. I, I guess you all know. I do not edit. So whatever is there is usually there. And um, But I, I, I do take notes. But sometimes I forget my main points, as you probably know that as well, as I do go off on these tangents and rants. And, um, well, again, it, it's about the Great Reset and what it means and how it affects us and how they're telling us we're going to be happy and not own anything. And uh, the reason behind that uh, is because way back when, I think it was in 2016 or even further back than that, Elon Musk had made something of a prediction uh, about uh, service jobs no longer being available for humans. And you see pretty... It seems that we're on that road. Um, I don't know if it's a road to hell. I don't know about that. But I see more and more 
humans are becoming disgruntled with service work. Uh, so, not only are workers becoming disgruntled with service work, but the price to uh, to to secure a, a service worker is is high, especially for small mom and pop businesses. You know, I'm all for raising the minimum wage, but fifteen dollars an hour for what is essentially a service level job or an entry level job is quite expensive. And um, how is a business to survive with margins increasingly shrinking as time goes on? So there is a lot to unpack there. And I just, that was just, you know, one of the, the, the uh, podcasts that I was working on. I'm still working on it. But that was one of, that's why I didn't go for it with it because it was so much more that I, wanted to talk about and uh, the subject seems to be a bit bigger than you first anticipate so uh what's going on today today is the campaign to force you know you heard about this i'm sure uh (laughs) this guy this singer that most young people don't care about uh, Neil Young has uh, forced not, I don't even know if he, he has the power to force Spotify to choose between him and Joe Rogan Joe Rogan you know 11 million podcasters you know, 11 million subscribe, uh, listeners every day to his podcast a person who brings Spotify money uh, Neil Young I, I haven't thought about Neil Young in ages, to be honest with you. I'm, I, I, like, I appreciate older music and, and Joni Mitchell and all these older artists. But I, I have since moved on. And other than the occasional uh, teen drama or whatever kind of drama on, on these streaming services or on television, which would deign to use any of these songs as some sort of emotional something or other, um, nobody really talks about Joni Mitchell or Neil Young. So the idea that he can force the hand of Spotify with a person as relevant as Joe Rogan um, further demonstrates how Hollywood is in a bubble. I mean, well, I have I have lots of things to say about that, but uh, and I'm going to say them. Believe me. But you know, my my catalog of songs, which nobody over the age of what nobody younger than 20 uh nobody really knows nobody talks about new young nobody talks about Joni mitchell you know music has gone forward or backward however you however you perceive it but nobody talks about them you know they're not in the relevant circle 
Um, I'm sure there's some people who listen to him still, but <laughs> the fact that the Spotify said goodbye to uh, goodbye to you, Neil Young, Johnny Mitchell, is you know, and the, on on top of this, the, the idea that these people think, believe that they have they are the arbiters of truth. That Joe Rogan, in and of himself, is spreading misinformation and disinformation. When, honest to God, I don't even think that any of us know what the hell that is. What is misinformation? And what is disinformation? We've been flim-flam, forgive my, that's an old term. We've been flim-flam, geek and just straight up lied to so many times. What is misinformation? What is disinformation? There's a doctor, Dr. McCullough, I believe it is, Dr. McCullough, who, you know, expressed some things. He's an inventor of the mRNA uh, vaccines. He has, uh, you know, credentials. He said some things that somehow people are deeming not true. And I wonder to myself, how can you, how do you even know? How do you know what's true and what isn't? Who can say? Joe Rogan made a very good point. He had a response to the the um, the protest. I, I love it. These, these protesters, you know. And he said, you know, last year if we had said something like the the virus came out of the lab, you would have your account destroyed. If you said that the the mask, the paper, the 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 what is it, is the paper mask or whatever they are, they don't work, you would have your account. They would they would disband you. They would you know uh, censor your account. Uh, you know if you said that you could still spread and, and get the virus and spread the virus as a vaccinated person. You could get your account removed, and now all of those things, all of those 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 supposed theories, are true. They're true, and listening to somebody talk about what's going on, excuse me, listening to a doctor who, you know, invented mRNA. You know, he holds patents. I think it's Dr. McCullough, and I forgot the other one. Malone, Dr. Malone. These are two highly educated men. And I listened very carefully to people who are not scientists, who are not doctors, who have no degrees in any such thing. Tell me and tell their audience with a straight face that these people are spreading misinformation and disinformation. And I think to myself, well, how do you know that? How do you know? Are you a doctor? Are you a scientist? Have you, have you been in a lab? Have you invented an mRNA? Are you an ep- epidemiologist? How do you 
know that these people are spreading misinformation and disinformation. How can you say that with confidence? And yet they do. They say it with confidence. He's wrong. He's wrong about the vaccines, Dr. McCullough told me. He's, he's not telling the truth. And here we have Dr. Fauci, who has repeatedly lied, spread his own disinformation and misinformation. You can say, well, we didn't know. No, he knew. He knew. Emails are constantly being exposed, that he is discrediting scientists, respected scientists from Harvard. You know, as fringe, that he's colluding with other people to discredit these people who have a different opinion than he did, who thought maybe there's a better way to handle the pandemic than he has been handling the pandemic. And he colludes with another doctor to call these respected individuals fringe. So I can't help but notice how everyone is jumping on Joe Rogan, jumping on these doctors because they're using these doctors as a reason to, to excoriate Joe Rogan. I can't help but look at everyone who is so pompous and so certain of what they think they know with a kind of side eye. How do we know he isn't correct? And I, I heard one of the uh, uh, people I respect, Crystal Ball, say um, she could easily get snowed by him because she is not a scientist. And, and he's picture, uh, she's talking about Dr. McCullough on Joe Rogan. And she's like, well, I wouldn't know. He could snow me because I'm not a scientist and I'm not a this and I'm not a that. But he's, he's deliberate. He's wrong about the, the vaccines. He's wrong. And I'm thinking to myself, well, how do you know that, though? How do we know anything? I remember not too long ago, last year, the CDC, was it the CDC or was the Food and Drug Administration? The Food and Drug Administration. I think it was the FDA. Whoever does the testing. For the drugs, it was the food. It was the FDA. Uh, one of the, I think it was Johnson and Johnson, had jiggered with their effectiveness, the efficacy of the vaccine. And I guess you know, during testing, and they said it was more effective than it actually was by a few numbers. And the FDA said, "Oh no, 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 no." that 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 is not correct you have to correct what you put on in the, in your initial testing that you submitted to us because i guess the fda did their own testing and they found out that johnson and johnson i believe it was johnson and johnson one of them uh their 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 efficacy was incorrect it wasn't like 77 percent or something like that it was it was lower actually so Given 
how pervasive lies are. How can any of us be certain about misinformation and disinformation? And why are we, are, you know, why is this organized attack against Joe Rogan? Well, Joe Rogan is not a reporter. He's not responsible for reporting the news. He just sits down and has conversations with people. People who are, you know, he doesn't necessarily agree with them. But they have an interesting point of view. I'd like to know, how did you come to this conclusion? How did you get here? You know, where did it all begin? I like to listen to people. You learn a lot about people by simply listening. And so, I guess it brings me back to Hollywood and, and Joe Rogan and Joni Mitchell and all these people who think they are doing some major service to the world by pulling their obscure music from Spotify. Uh, you know, how dare you think under any circumstances that you all, or any of us are, the arbiters of what is true. When, for the most part, we don't even know what the truth is. We have some inkling. We have some idea. But the truth of the matter is, we don't know. We simply don't know. But the good news is that the campaign to force Joe Rogan off Spotify is already backfiring because what is it bringing to Spotify? What is it, how is it harming Spotify? Well, freedom lovers like me who wouldn't dare pay for Spotify am now paying for Spotify. <laughs> I am supporting Spotify, even though I don't really like the service personally myself. But, and you know, I don't need the service to listen to Joe Rogan or any, anything that I really like to listen to. But now I, 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 I support them. I, I, I support them. I, I will pay my $9.99 a month in, in solidarity for them sticking by Joe Rogan, even though they're not entirely altruistic. You know, Joe Rogan is bringing them money. Mad, crazy, rich ass money. So I'm over here looking at this article, and uh, it's from Reason. <laughs> and it says Democratic politicians, the mainstream media, and progressive members of the Hollywood elite, in short, Team Blue, have designated Joe Rogan as public enemy number one. Rogan is the reigning king of podcasts. Episodes of his show, which typically last for three hours, are downloaded millions of times. His audience dwarfs everybody else in the commentary business, right, center, or left. This is so true. And they hate him for it, in part because they don't understand him. He doesn't, he doesn't hew closely to a specific political tradition or interest group. He's a supporter of Senator Bernie Sanders, 
but also he thinks the left has gone crazy on transgender issues. He called former President Trump dangerous, and many for many of the former president supporters effing stupid. But he has also repeatedly challenged the Democratic Party's approach to COVID-19. This, more than anything else, has made him a target of Team Blue. He is skeptical of COVID mandates and has featured guests on his show, Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, Alex Berenson, and others, who have questioned the efficacy of the vaccines. Well, I was just talking about the efficacy of the vaccines. Then you can look this up. This was somewhere, it was an article about the, you know, uh, I believe it was Johnson Johnson who had somehow, like, you know, said some stuff. I don't agree with what many of his, these guests have had to say, but Rogan evidently believes his audience can benefit from hearing different clashing points of view. Listeners have the agency to accept or reject what they hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Team Blue apparently can't stand this, but they have little power over Rogan. They can't get him to thrown off TV or reject it from Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Rogan has a deal with Spotify. And so far, Spotify has stood by Rogan, even as liberal music artists have started withdrawing from the platform in protest. Neil Young kicked this off last week, telling Spotify that he would not share the platform with someone who spouted medical misinformation. Now, Joe Rogan never spouted anything. There's an irony here in that Neil Young has a history of spreading bad scientific information. In 2015, he released an entire album, the Masano Ye- the Masato Years, spreading the unfounded theories about GMOs. Yeah. People should feel free to enjoy Young's music without co-signing every statement he's ever made. Separating the art from the artist is a wonderful thing, except in cases of overwhelming and obvious moral depravity. We can and should generally accept that all people are flawed. We have good qualities and bad qualities. And we can appreciate the good while ejecting the bad. Absolutely. Various parts of Team Blue, though, are trying to pressure Spotify to rid itself of Rogan. Singer Joni Mitchell announced she is leaving the platform as well. A rumor that Barry Manilow was quitting. um, And Barry Manilow said that wasn't true. I remember this. And the question is whether this will matter to Spotify on Sunday. On Sunday, the company finally responded to all anti-Rogan chatter. And they went on to say, you've had a lot of questions over the last few days about our platform policies and the lines we have drawn between what is acceptable and what is not, wrote the company's leadership. We have had rules in place for many years, but admittedly, we haven't been transparent around the policies that guide our content more broadly. This, in turn, led to questions around their application to serious issues, including COVID-19. So Spotify plans to begin adding content advisory notes to podcast episodes that are about COVID-19, and it will also make clear that it prohibits content that promotes dangerous or false, dangerous or dangerous, deceptive medical information that may cause offline harm or poses a a direct threat to public health. I don't understand that mentality. Again, people aren't stupid. People aren't stupid. I mean, you you can get what what is misinformation and disinformation. Uh, 
Case in point, ivermectin. Everyone insists that ivermectin is a horse dewormer, and it is. But they're telling people that ivermectin is a horse medicine. Nobody bothers to explain that ivermectin is, they make ivermectin for humans. The only one who's actually ever said that was Joe Rogan. There's an ivermectin for humans. It's an antifungal. But you will you'll be hard-pressed for someone to stop calling it a horse dewormer, even though horses and humans are entirely different species. Four legs, a thousand pounds, that kind of thing. And you will sit here and you will talk to some of the most intelligent people I have ever met in my life. And they will sit there and they will tell you it's a horse dewormer, which is not untrue. But they make people medicine too. And humans, believe it or not, are not walking around with worms. It's an antifungal. In fact, there was a report that came out, I think today or yesterday, uh, from Japan that says that uh, ivermectin works as an antifungal against COVID. That's a medical report. It's an antifungal. But you will be hard-pressed if, if you didn't really take the time to look and to do the research yourself, you will continue to believe that Joe Rogan took medicine for an entirely different species, a horse, a horse dewormer. It's not true. Is that misinformation? Is that disinformation? What kind of information is it? Do we know? Because the truth of the matter is, people aren't telling us the truth. It seems here that this doesn't go as far as policies on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms, which have tried to label allegedly false COVID information as misinformation with dubious results. Plenty of perfectly accurate or debatable information has wrongly been smeared as false under these policies, including articles that I have written. This is uh, Robert Suave, I guess. I hope Spotify leaves Rogan alone because it's the right thing to do. Excuse me, but I also have to wonder how much it would even help uh, the cause of the vaccination uh, to remove Rogan from the platform. Censoring him could give him even larger audience and more appeal. Vigorously trying and often failing to suppress an idea can backfire, making the idea seem exciting, intoxicating, and seductive. Rogan would clearly have a gigantic audience, whether with Spotify or on his own. Actually, he had a big audience on his own, did he not? Isn't that why Spotify paid him $100 million? What does it accomplish exactly to drive him elsewhere? Take last, week, last week's, uh, I was just about to talk about this, last week's uh, controversy over the graphic novel Moss, uh, which was removed from Tennessee School District's curriculum. The immediate effect? A massive spike in online sales. This is the Streisand effect in action. Try to tell people they shouldn't read, discuss, or absorb a book, song, or other piece of content 
and you draw people's attention to it. I suspect that's what would happen with Joe Rogan if he exited Spotify. In fact, it's happening right now. Besides, Rogan's show could be viewed as an opportunity for pro-vaccine advocates. He's obviously willing to have pro-vaccine people on to talk about the issue. Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And unlike some hosts, he's not likely to do that just to turn them into targets. He's the perfect conduit for reaching a vaccine-skeptical audience. Banishing him eliminates a huge opportunity. I don't think they're going to banish him. Because, like I said, there are a lot of people out there who, who support freedom of speech. I love Joe Rogan. I love listening to different people who have different points of view. I love having my mind opened up. I love having a listening to a discussion. I love these things. We need more of that. I love being informed, like truly informed. Do you feel that you are informed by the news? Because I don't feel like I'm informed by the news. Again, the truth of the matter is we don't get the truth. We don't know what it is. And you have all these people hollering and screaming and throwing conniption fits telling you that what the truth is. And nobody even knows what it is. So, that's my rant for the Joe Rogan experience and, and everything. So I'm going to close out this segment and I'm going to be back with another segment. And uh, if you've been with me this far, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and uh, drop me a voice message. And I will be right back after this brief break. You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. that's been going on over the past few days and first of all to say thank you to everyone that sent love and support i truly truly appreciate it and it's been very nice to hear from you i want to make this video first of all because i think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what i do maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging um the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two. One with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, they, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would, they would ban you from certain platforms. Now, that's accepted as fact. If you said, 
I don't think cloth masks work. You would be banned from social media. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now, that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong. But I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that uh, have one perspective. That's one of the reasons why I had Sanjay Gupta on, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who I respect very much, and I really enjoyed our conversation together. He has a different opinion than those men do. I had Dr. Dr. Michael Osterholm on at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, he is on President Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. I had uh, Dr. Peter Hotez on, who is a vaccine expert. I'm interested in finding out what is correct and find, I'm also finding out how people come to these conclusions and what the facts are. Now, because of this controversy, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes with these controversies, but uh, Neil Young has removed his music from the platform of Spotify and uh, Joni Mitchell and uh, apparently some other people want to as well. Um, I'm very sorry that they feel that way. I, I, I most certainly don't want that. Uh, I'm a Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan. I'll tell you a story at the end of this about that. One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts, which I think is very important. Sure, have that on there. I'm very happy with that. Um, also, I think uh, if there's anything that I've done that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. Uh, I would most certainly be open to doing that. And uh, I would like to talk to some people that have uh, differing opinions on those podcasts in the future. We'll see. Um, you know, I do all the scheduling myself, and uh, I don't always get it right. This, these podcasts are very strange because they're just conversations. And oftentimes I have no idea what I'm going to talk about until I sit down and talk to people. And that's why some of my ideas are not that prepared or fleshed out because I'm literally having them in real time. Um, but I do my best. And they're just conversations. And I think that's also the appeal of the show. It's one of the things that makes it interesting. Um, so uh, I want to thank Spotify for being so supportive during this time. Uh, and I'm very sorry that this is happening to them and that they're taking so much heat from it. And so now the, the Neil Young story. <laughs> when I, 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 first of all, I'm not mad at Neil Young. I'm a huge Neil Young fan. I've always been a Neil Young fan. When I was 19, I was a security guard at a place called Great Woods in Mansfield, Massachusetts. It's a, an outdoor concert amphitheater. And Neil Young was playing there. And that was the last day I worked there. I quit during the Neil Young concert. Um, the job is kind of crazy because there was a lot of times there was fights broke out and stuff. And 
I think I probably got like 15 bucks an hour and I was not about to get beat up for 15 bucks an hour. So I would bring a hoodie with me whenever I worked. So in case the shit hit the fan and it got too crazy, I would just put my hoodie on and leave and cover my security outfit, my security shirt. So one day during a Neil Young concert, there's a, the amphitheater, the way it's set up is there's a covered area outside that has seats and then there's a lawn area behind it. And the lawn area during the Neil Young concert, they got a little rowdy, it was cold out, and they started bonfires. So they had these raging fires on the lawn, and we were supposed to go and put these fires out and stop them. So we tried for a little while, but then brawls started breaking out, and it started getting crazy. And I was like, fuck this. So I put my hoodie on, I zipped it up, and uh, I left. And I drove home, and as I was driving home, I was singing, keep on rocking in a free world. That was my last day on the job. I don't even think I collected my last check. Uh, so no uh, no hard feelings towards Neil Young and definitely no hard feelings towards Joni Mitchell. I love her too. I love her music. Chucky's in Love is a great song. Um, I don't know what else I can do uh, differently other than maybe try harder to get people with uh, differing opinions on right afterwards. I do think that that's important and, uh, and do my best to make sure that I've researched these topics, the, the controversial ones in particular, and have all the pertinent facts at hand before I discuss them. Again, I'm not trying to promote misinformation. I'm not trying to be controversial. I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations. I didn't plan it. I can't believe it's as successful as it is. It was never really an idea that I had. I, it, the, the podcast started off as just fucking around with my friends and having fun and talking. And then when it became popular, other people wanted to come on and I was like, oh, It'd be cool to talk to that person. Oh, he's interesting. Oh, she's got a cool book out. And then, boom, it's become what it is today, which is like some out-of-control juggernaut that I barely have control of. So my pledge to you is that I will do my best to try to balance out these more controversial viewpoints with other people's perspectives so we can maybe find a better point of view. I don't want to just show the, the contrary opinion to what the narrative is. I want to show all kinds of opinions so that we can all figure out what's going on, and, and not just about COVID, about everything, about health, about fitness, wellness, the, the state of the world itself. Um, it's a strange responsibility to have this many viewers and listeners. It's very strange, and it's nothing that I prepare for, and it's nothing that I ever anticipated. I am going to do my best in the future to uh, balance things out. I'm going to do my best. But my point of doing this is always just to create interesting conversations and ones that I hope people enjoy. So if I pissed you off, I'm sorry. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Spotify. Thank you all the supporters. And, and even thank you to the haters because it's good to have some haters. It makes you reassess what you're doing and put things into perspective and and uh, I think I think that's good too. All right, uh, much love to you all. Thank you to everyone, um, and uh, I'm gonna do my best. That was Joe Rogan uh, responding to 
what has uh, transpired between uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and a few other people who are removing their music from the platform Spotify because they believe that Joe Rogan is uh, promoting misinformation and disinformation. Um, a couple of points, I guess, I'd, I'd like to make about his his pledge here. I, uh, I don't think it's a terrible pledge to try to do better. Um, it's it's bizarre, sad thing that what am I trying to say here? <laughs> that media and it's it's let's let's be real about who this is. Mainstream media. Uh, is trying to censor these alternative views. We know this. We know this to be the case. We know this because any alternative views get to be, you know, they, they have to be stomped out. They have to be done away with. They have to be terminated. They are not acceptable. And... I know some people might think that Joe Rogan is caving to the to the to the masses here, or caving to the to uh, the mob. But I I don't think that he's making too big a compromise. I mean, I don't know. You know, these views may not hold with the views of of the consensus. If you know. Of course, they don't hold with the views of the of the consensus. You know, we're sick of his listening to the views of the consensus. I like to hear other views uh, besides the consensus. I like to hear other points of view. I like to hear uh, other things. I'm sure you like to hear those too. Um, I think he was pretty gracious, uh, even to his haters. I don't know if I would have been nearly as gracious, but. I think he was very gracious to them. Um, I don't know if changing his format is going to to appease these people. Personally, I I don't think so. I don't think having a, a different opinion or, or you know all that kind of stuff. I don't think that that is going to change things because the problem. Like Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone and, and some other people, um, that they're using, you know, that they, they're merely sticks they use to beat Spotify and Joe Rogan over the head with. They're not the reasons for this misinformation and disinformation. These are just words. These are word salads. You know, misinformation, disinformation. Joe Rogan is spreading this and that. This is just, you know, it's it's word salad. And you have, and we know this, you know, uh, CNN, who talks about Joe Rogan all the time. Uh, well, they were talking about them. I don't watch CNN, but whatever. I do catch a glimpse of them, uh, you know, talking. They are constantly talking about CNN, uh, excuse me, about Joe Rogan and his podcast and his who he has on, his guests. And... For the most part, they just sound butthurt. They are jealous. 
you know, we, the audience, and I, I don't necessarily trust Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan is not a, a journalist or a reporter. I just enjoy listening to his show. I don't understand the conflation, how they conflate Joe Rogan as having a responsibility to check people when he's not trying to, and he does check people. But basically, he's just sitting down having a conversation with somebody. He's not interviewing. They're just talking. And the conversations are great conversations. So I can't help but think that the only thing that's happening here is that this fall outrage by people, I, I venture to say, probably don't even listen to Joe Rogan's show. Because Joe Rogan has talks about many subjects. He talks about a lot of things. And if he if he's not certain about something, he'll look it up. I've, I've watched him do that. He, he'll look it up. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, changing it and making it more fair and making it more this and, and putting the, 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 the warning label on it and all that kind of nonsense is going to appease these people. They don't want Joe Rogan on the air. And I think they will do everything in their power to make that happen, no matter what he does. He's, he's you know, he's giving them the olive branch. You know, he's extending it. Bringing, you know, peace. Let's all work together. Let's all find the answers together. But what I constantly see and what has repeatedly been seen is these people don't want to work together. They, they, you're either for them, you're either with them, or you're against them. If you don't agree, then you have to be wiped off the face of the earth. You have to be person non grata. Persona non grata. Is that what it is? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Well, moving on. I still got a few more minutes. Uh, talk about some things in the news. Well, New York is having, well, New York restaurants, I believe, are having difficulties um, I'm sitting here. Uh -oh. There's been some weird stuff going on financially. I'm just on, I'm just, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci still treats patients. Okay, I did have a article here that somehow disappeared. So let me try to bring it up because it was a very interesting article about uh, 
New York City restaurants and how they are struggling to stay afloat. Um, people aren't going to restaurants now. Uh, they're simply not going. They're just staying home, I guess. And, uh, well, as a result, restaurants are struggling, you know, which is not a surprise, not, no surprise at all. Uh, you have, you know, to spend extra money to enforce a law or a rule or a regulation that is, uh, you know, unconstitutional, has already been proven unconstitutional, unconstitutional, and still we have to, you know, endure this, and, you know, businesses trying to stay afloat. They're waiting for some money. I know about that part of it. They're waiting for money, some grant to come and help them maintain their, their businesses, but the money has yet to arrive, and, uh, So, uh, I guess it's gone now. That's weird. But that, that was pretty much what the article was about, how restaurants were just, you know, struggling to keep afloat. They don't, you know, after two years of being hammered by COVID-19, you know, the price is, it's, it's more expensive to run a restaurant now, you know. Uh, everything's gone up. Uh, your supplies have gone up. You have to pay more money, $15 an hour in some places, 13 in others. Uh, you know, your, 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 you know, utilities have gone up. Everything is up and there's no business, especially in the middle of January. So that was there. And, uh, well, the article has disappeared on me, which is very, very interesting. Very, very. So, in keeping with the Spotify thing, this is what I just came across just now. Spotify loses four billion dollars in market value after Neil Young controversy. Why don't Why don't I believe that? Why don't I believe that? How How did Spotify lose four four billion dollars uh, from the date book? It goes on to say this. Spotify lost $4 billion in market value this week after Rock, rock Icon <clears throat> called out the company for allowing comedian Joe Rogan to use its service to spread misinformation about the COVID vaccine on his popular podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. At the end of the day, Friday, January 28th, shares of Spotify were down about 12% from where they closed last week, according to the data from NASDAQ, against a broader index that was flat over the same period. The hashtags, uh, delete, hashtag delete Spotify and hashtag cancel Spotify, also gained traction on social media, with many websites offering step-by-step instructions for users to remove the app from their devices. Huh. Spotify took down nearly all of Young's music on Wednesday, January 26th, two days after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame musician reportedly issued the streaming service an ultimatum. 
via his management and record company. They can have Joe Rogan or Young, not both. The controversy erupted after Joe Rogan featured Dr. Robert Malone on his podcast last month, for God's sakes. Malone has been banned from Twitter for spreading misinformation, but has become a hero to the anti-vaccine community for falsely suggesting that millions of people have been hypnotized into believing that the vaccines work to prevent serious disease. Mm. I have my suspicions, but I, I will go on. Spotify has recently become a very damaging force via its public disinformation and lies about COVID, Young wrote in a letter posted on his website Wednesday. Most of the listeners listeners hearing the unfactual, misleading, and false COVID information on Spotify are 24 years old, impressionable, and easy to swing to the wrong side of the truth. But they're not entirely stupid. A group of doctors and scientists have circulated a petition online calling on Spotify to adopt policies to prevent the spread of misinformation on their platform. Spotify said in a statement last week that it had removed more than 20,000 podcast episodes related to COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. But so far, the company has stood by Rogan, who has reportedly paid more than $100 million by the service in exchange for exclusive rights to his podcast. Rogan attracts 11 million users per episode, while Young brings in 6 million users per month. So you think about that. Joe Rogan does an episode, what, five days a week? 11 million times five. And uh, 6 million a month. You do the math. In a follow-up letter posted to his website on Friday, Young clarified that the point of his protest was not to censor the podcast host. Here he goes. He goes, I support free speech. I have never been in favor of censorship. Private companies have the right to choose what they feel they profit from. Just as I can choose not to have my music support a platform that disseminates harmful information, Young said. I am happy and proud to stand in solidarity with the frontline healthcare worker who risked their lives every day to help others, end quote. He added that his music was still available to stream on Amazon, Apple Music, and Coolbox with better sound quality. As an unexpected bonus, I sound better everywhere else, Young said. Before moving to Malibu, um, the Malibu, Mills, excuse me, Malibu Hills home owned by his wife, actress Daryl Hannah, oh, I didn't know he was married to her, in 2014, Young lived on a ranch in Woodside in the Santa Cruz Mountains for nearly four decades. For more than 30 years, he and his late wife, Peggy, hosted the All-Star Acoustic Bridge School Benefit Concerts at Shoreline, featuring performances uh, by Paul McCartney. Okay, so they're telling us about his, his life and his good deeds. And uh, so on and so forth. But anyways... I have a question. If it wasn't your your deed, Mr. Young, was not to censor Joe Rogan, then what was the point in doing it in the first place? Because you, you must know then that the point of it was to 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 force the platform 
to censor Joe Rogan in the way. You're saying that you're, you believe in free speech and all that kind of stuff because you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. But at the same time, you're saying that uh, you're using your, your <laughs> dare I say, influence to, to call Spotify to do something about Joe Rogan. Is that not censorship? Is that not participating in censorship? And, and I agree, he does have a right to put his music wherever he wants to. However, you can't say that it is not about censorship when the very thing, the very act of what you're doing is to censor Joe Rogan. And so, and so, anyhow. I, I, you know, I haven't thought about Joe, uh, Neil Young in years. I, I used to like his music, but I, I have since, uh, you know, I've since moved on from, you know, older music and, and embraced some of the newer emu. Is it emu? Oh, my God. Emu, I can't even say it anymore. Uh, so I'm closing out my podcast for today i hope that i was able to maybe shed some light on some things uh uh and you know share with you some thoughts and some feelings and those are what i think you know those are my thoughts and my opinions you tell let me know what your thoughts and opinions are and how you feel about things and do you feel that joe rogan um did the right thing by by Offering a compromise to his show and his successful method of doing things. Um, do you feel that Neil Young is being a bit hypocritical and double talking, trying to have his cake and eat it too? Um, you know, let me know. Drop me a line on Twitter at MHB1070, uh, on Instagram at MHIGH1029. That's my 1029 on Instagram. And hit me up on Patreon. Uh, I'm supposed to be doing a big old dump of uh, works there that are uncensored and all that good stuff. And also um, email me at uh, hi-michelle557 at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a voice message at anchor.fm, Michelle Hi Bailey. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and I uh, hope to share your thoughts and your how you feel uh, about what's going on, the controversy of censorship um, uh, on the future broadcast. So for all of you who have been out there supporting me, thank you. I appreciate it. I love that you are listening. I love that you are out there. Shout-outs to people in Germany. Shout-outs to uh, India, for goodness sakes. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. And uh, be blessed. Bye-bye. You have just heard the Black Eye Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029. That's M-H-I-G-H-1029, excuse me or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. 
If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.